0: What we were up to last time, we were talking about. It was a, it was a tangent. We were in a discussion about shemitah because we were talking about originally we were talking about Adam Zelman who testified that a loan that was due ten years from now was actually due thirty days from now, and that led into a whole discussion of whether halach even recognizes ten year loans because ten year loan means shemitah is going to happen in the middle. And we saw that it's actually a machlokas as to whether you can ever have a loan that survives Shemitah. We paskin, we said, like the view that you can, because as long as the loan is not in default for Shemitah, it survives Shemitah. Lo ye this is what the Torah says. You're not allowed to oppress the person, but in the event that the loan is not collectible yet, then you're not oppressing him, and therefore the loan uh, the loan survives Shemitah. So from that we ended up with a tangent about the default term for verbal and written. Loans. And what we had said was that if a loan is issued without a stated term, a stam halva, it may not be claimed for at least 30 days. By default, we assume 30 days. And then we said, well, that's only if there's a shtar, if there's a written document. Because remember, the borrower is the one who writes up the shtar, and he's not going to go to the expense of hiring a sofa. And having the shta written, unless he expects that he's going to have the loan for some period of time. He's going to be able to uh, to use the money. But a verbal loan could actually be claimed sooner than that. That was the statement of Rabbi Barbar Khanna in front of Rav. And Rav said, I learned from Rabbi Chia that in fact, doesn't matter, verbal or written, doesn't make a difference. <coughs> 30 days is the default. Stam halva shlo shim a b'raisa to support it. And then... We had this this uh, conversation between Shmuel and Ravmasna. We went through the Gemara, but I wanted to come back to one aspect of it. It's um, if you're looking at Gimel and Bays, you want to be if you see the lines get widest and you go up six lines from there. Armel Shmuel or Rav Masna is about eleven lines up from the bottom. Shmuel says to Rav Masna. Don't sit down on your legs until you explain this lesson. Specifically, how in the world do we know that it's 30 days? So last time we already discussed how we know it's 30 days. 30 days is a shana. And that, that I'm not going to go through again. But what I wanted to show you are two things. The, um, the, well, I'll show, you, I'll show you one thing first, actually. Let's, uh, let's do one thing first and then I'll come to the other one. I, I put it on my sheet in the opposite order, which is kind of weird. But, um, but don't worry about it. The, the, um, the first thing I wanted to show you was, if you look on the sheet, it's source base. He says to him, I don't want you to sit down on your legs until you explain to me what this is, um, you know, what, what the source is. So what in the world does that phrase mean, don't sit down on your legs? So the ritva brings three explanations. He says losesev akarech pirush rabenu tamzal katzarhu. He says rabenu tam explains that it's short for saying losesev ela amod al karech ad What he's saying is, I want you to stand. It's a short way to say I want you to stand. Don't sit down, but rather stand. I don't really find it to be a shorter form, but that's what he says. Karech is. Your raglayim, and it gives you an example from uh, from the Gemara New Vamos, where we use the term kara to refer to uh, to raglayim in, in the context of chalitza. Then the Ritva gives you a second explanation. Don't sit down even in the place where you are standing right now, let alone going somewhere else. Okay, and then the Ritva gives you a third explanation. Kara. Kaf, Resha, Ayin, Aleph does not mean your legs. It means the legs of a bed, of furniture. And what it's saying is, don't sit in your chair, is what he's saying. I don't want you to sit in your uh, in your chair. However you slice this, whichever approach in the ritva you take, the, the fundamental statement is don't sit down. Right? I want you to stand. Why? Who cares whether he's sitting or whether he's standing? So the um, so the Liner says that what he's insisting on is saying, I know this is going to be such an easy thing for you to answer that you won't even need to sit down. When you need to really focus, you need to concentrate, you have to sit down. It's hard to concentrate while you're standing up. So what he's saying is, don't sit down, meaning you won't need to sit down. This is going to be an easy one. This is a softball question. That's the way the Auroch takes it. The, uh, the Ben Yehoyada, on the other hand, uh, Ben Ishchai, gives a different answer, and he says, it's beloved to me, like Tarasan Shal Rishonim, like the earlier learning. The Gemara at the end of Sota talks about the descent of the generations, the early generations were greater, and as they used to learn standing up. That was the way it used to be, they learned standing up, and what he's saying is, I want you to teach this to me like when they used to learn, which was, uh, which was standing up. So, all of this is interesting to me because of a comment of Rab Zilberstein, the Hashuke Chemed. If you take a look at Source Dalit, I basically skipped Source Gimel just now. I summarized what it says in Source Gimel, but Dalit is the interesting part. He says, mm-hmm. There is an introduction to the Shulchan Aruch from the, uh, from the, the Graz descendants. They said that Rukhaim <coughs> Valajan used to come learn in front of him, and he would stand. Ruchhaim Velajin learned from the grass standing up. Oh yes. The, um, and I heard that also of, of Ochanan Wasserman, that he also stood when he learned from the Chavetz Chaim. And he asks, Mama Kermit Sheldrum, what's the source? And he goes back to our, um, to our Gemara. I would have said, shot in those standing situations, is that if I were sta- in front of the chabetz Chaim, you bet I would stand. If I in front of the you know, I mean, you just, you, you stand out of awe. But he likes this idea of the Ben Yehoyada which is that it's because it's as beloved to me as the Torah of Rishonim. That's the, uh, that's the idea. So, so that's why, um, that's why they, they stood. So that was just an interesting side note on this language. And whenever you see in the Gemara, you come across that phrase, now you have something to say uh, you know, from this. The other thing that I just wanted to show you very quickly, it's source Aleph, we saw an Ika de Amri in the, uh, in the Gemara. Um, going back to the discussion last week, when we talked about a loan surviving Shemitah. if you go back to the bottom of Gimel Aleph, Amri Yudam or Shmuel, Yudah said, quoting Shmuel, Hamalbas Chaveru Laeser Shanim Mesham Tasso. Right? If you lend for ten years, Shemitah knocks it out, and then it goes on. And then we had Ikad Amri about a dozen lines down on Gimel Ambeis Ikad Amri Amri Yudam or Shmuel Hamalbas Chaveru Shanim Ain Shviyas Mesham Tasso. Right? The diametric opposite. So I told you last time, it's a tozus in Beitza who says that doesn't happen. So I brought it for you in source Aleph. In the Gemara in Beitzah, He says you never find that in Shas, that there's an ikhah di'amri where the second one is the opposite of the first one. And he goes on to say what we do find with ikhah di'amris, but this we never find, except that it's right here. It's also in the beginning of Ksubos, so you have one like that also. Nunu, just bringing that. Okay. So all of that was Rav Yehuda quoting Shmuel, and it was a tangent from the Shemitah discussion. The Gemara now is going to play the tangent game even further. The Gemara is not satisfied with the tangents we've seen. We need need more tangents. So what we're gonna do here is, we just saw Rav Yehuda quote Shmuel, and then get challenged by Rav Kahana. Remember that Rav Yehuda was a Talmud of both Shmuel and Rav. Sometimes it's some Rav, sometimes it's some Rav number Shmuel. So we're now going to see a set of three statements in which Rav Yehuda quoted not Rav, not Shmuel, but Rav, and then was challenged by Rav Kahana. And these statements have nothing to do with Edom Zelman. They don't even have to do with Shmita. They're only collected here because it will help the Talmidim and base Medrash to be able to remember those cases. I learned Yerodeah from uh, Rav Yosef Weiss. He used to do this to us all the time in Yerodeah. It was a lot of fun. Uh, you would come across the name of a particular amora who wasn't like a regular one. Or Atana, who brought a certain, you know, Derek and something. You would say, where else in shas does this show up? They, um, like, it's a good way to, to sharpen people and, uh, and, and help you really remember your learnings. So that's what the Gemara is doing. It's grouping them together, so we're going to get three stories—not stories, three statements—from Rav Yehuda quoting Rav being challenged by uh, by Rav Kahana. Here's the first one. So we are now. Um, where did we just go? I just lost where we were. Yeah, the um, the second of the widest lines. Ve'am Rav Yehuda Rav, and Rav Yehuda said, this time quoting Rav, "Haposeach beis b'shabas Khatas. chatas. If you have a shirt." that comes back or comes to you from the manufacturer, and the neck of it is sewn shut. So the shirt was fully formed, but there are stitches that are keeping the uh, the neck sealed, so you can't wear it. So he says, if you open that up on Shabbos, chay of chatos. You have to, uh, you have to bring a carb on chatos. What is the isser? What did you do wrong? So that's Rashi Shita. If you take a look at source Hay, this Gemara also appears in Shabbos Mem at Aleph. He says, the You're making it into a cleave. That's the completion of it. The other argument you could have brought is that it's korea. You're tearing. But it's not viewed as korea. It is, in fact, viewed as uh, as That's what we say. So he says, Along comes Rav Kahana, and he says, Really? What's the difference between that and a barrel with a seal on it? Remember the way that, the, uh, that they did their barrels, right? You'd have the barrel with the wine in it, and then they would melt wax and put and, uh, uh, clay over the top, and then they would seal it by melting wax around the uh, around the clay. And the halacha is you're allowed to cut that off of the barrel on Shabbos. So why am I allowed to cut the seal off of the barrel, but I'm not allowed to cut the stitches? that are holding the collar of my shirt closed. Well, so what? I don't know. I mean, we open packages all the time. For, for yeah, but why? Things. What's what's my hat there? It, 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 the hat there is not simply because no, you want to no, eat. No, no, um, um, well, it's no. It's not, uh, it's not a constructive act. Mm. Neither of them it. is constructive. Sorry? The cover would be there already. If you're filling the barrel and the cover goes on afterwards. Yeah. It's already part of that. That's that's a reason why I shouldn't be allowed to. But I am. I'm allowed to cut off the seal. You're not making anything new. It's already it's already complete. You're not making anything new in either case. The shirt is also complete. It's just that he stitched it closed. But the shirt exists as a as a unit. It's just that there's you know, thread that's keeping you from using it. So look in the Gemara. Amarle Zeh Kibur eino chibur. He says one is considered joined, the other one is not considered joined, meaning the seal of the barrel is really a separate distinct thing. And all you're doing is cutting it, you know, so that you can now lift it off of the barrel, but it was never one with the barrel in the first place. Whereas the shirt, the stitches actually are sewn right into the shirt itself. It's considered to be a part of the shirt and therefore it's no good for you to, uh, to open it. This comes up La Halakha, in the discussions about bottle caps and rings on, uh, on Shabbos. There are a couple of different issues when you talk about opening a bottle on Shabbos where there's a ring that separates when you, uh, when you open the cap. So the more popular discussion is the question of, are you making the ring, the, the cap, into a clee? Right? Are you making the cap into a clee? Because you, until you separate it from the ring, it can't come off of the bottle that's one set of discussions but the other discussion that's that that's around is this question of fundamentally you're you're now taking the ring the ring I keep saying the ring you're taking the cap off of the bottle and now the bottle is going to be usable to which the answer is yeah but you're fine the mishnah halachos um klein brings this he says that's that's not a problem because just like your seal is not part of the barrel your cap is not part of the bottle that it's uh, Versus, that it's, it's on top of it, the metal cap it was a metal bottle cap correct Versus. so no that the metal bottle cap issue is regarding the first issue I mentioned mm-hmm. making the cap into a clee, and the question of whether it's more it's considered a clee more when there's when it's metal as opposed to when it's just a piece of plastic. that's where the argument comes um, mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. it being metal comes in, but in terms of the argument of hey you're breaking it off of the bottle, the answer is so what. I'm good with that with barrels. I'm good with that with bottles. The opposition they says so. if you look at the Gemara, though, further in the discussion about the barrel, the only reason this is allowed is because, the, um, is because the barrel they're talking about is a patchwork barrel. It's not a whole barrel. It's a barrel that's meant to be broken altogether. And therefore, that we have greater leniency in terms of getting the seal off of it. But, those, but that, that's its own machlokis. If you look, I can give you Arma in and Mishnah Bura about it, but we're behind in terms of where we want to go. So I figured, you know, just mentioning the issue, and, um, and everyone's going to go on doing what they're doing with bottle caps anyway. Okay, but that's <laughs> the. There um, <laughs> we go. Deep breath. That's saying, the. It's not water yeah, just no one. Yeah. So that's the that's the first of the uh, of the three, and that's short, and, you know, beginning, middle, end, and easy. The second one is the one where we're going to spend our time. That's where things get more complicated, and this is the issue of something that goes into a mikvah that can disqualify the mikvah. So in order to follow this, um, you need to know certain things about how mikvahs work. And including a major misconception that uh, that people have. So we know that the mikveh is supposed to have forty sa'ah, and the forty sa'ah are supposed to be rainwater, right? That hopefully we're you know we're we're all aware of. Um, in the event that you have a kosher mikvah of forty sa'ah of rainwater and then somebody pours in a gallon of non rainwater, what's the status of your mikvah? So Right? Still kosher. That's the thing that a lot of people get confused about. Your mikvah is still 100% kosher. As a matter of fact, the way that we use our mikvahs, the way we build our mikvahs, is that we don't actually dip in the forty sa'ah directly. They're in the boar. And then you have the place where people actually immerse. That's a separate thing. That's tap water. And it's merged with the boar next to it. And then there's a whole thing, is it one beside the other, or is it one above and below the other? That's the whole thing. Chabad wants to be one above and below the other. If Heinemann doesn't like that, because then the dirt builds up in the lower one, whatever. There's a whole tower behind that. But the bottom line is that there's no, no one raises any concerns of, hey, wait a minute, this is now tap water, but is some blending with the, uh, the rain water and is gonna disqualify, that, that's not an issue. Where there is an issue, is if the first 40 sa'a contain a significant amount of non-rainwater. That's where we get into trouble. So what is a significant amount? Three log. Three log, How much is three log? So you're familiar with the concept of a revius, which is somewhere less than four ounces, we usually assume, somewhere between three and a half and four ounces. Some say it's a little more. So that's a quarter log. So multiply that by 12 and you have three log. Does that help anybody? What's a log in terms of fraction of a saw? So I'm not remembering right now. I'm not I mean, remembering how, how many logan is saw. Yeah, too. I don't. I'm not remembering how many logan is saw. It's a good question. It's offhand, I don't remember. So the um, so the the idea here is that in the event that your mikvah is incomplete and three log of non rainwater fall into it, it's going to disqualify your mikvah, even though afterwards the mikvah hits 40 sa'ah, and even if it hits 50 sa'ah, and 60, it doesn't make a difference. It's already disqualified. But if three log of wine fall into the mikvah, your mikvah's fine. That's not an issue. It's water specifically that's a problem. Wine is just like the dirt that's at the bottom of the mikvah. It doesn't, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't affect anything. You're, you're still 100% fine. The, uh, yes. I shouldn't make the dirt comparison because that raises issues that I don't want to get into. But your your mikvah is going to be 100 percent fine, and you have no problems. I'm, are you using the wine, the three log of wine, to get to 47? Right, so that's why I didn't. That's why yeah. I didn't want to make the dirt comparison because right, no, I'm 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 deliberately not doing that. That's why. I, that's you what I wanted 40, to skip uh, with the dirt. Already. Right. So, the, so then why would it disqualify? No, you don't have it already. Right now you don't. I'm short of 40 saw. I'm short of 40 saw. Three logs of wine fall of in water. and then I complete it to 40 saw. And we're oh, saying then you put in water yeah. yeah. So my mikvah is now kosher. Okay. So that's the that's the issue. So the question is, I know water is no good. I know wine is fine. What if it's water that looks like wine? Because it's been colored. It's been dyed, right? You put in a little bit of wine, and now the whole thing looks like wine. Now what's the status of this mikvah? It's still water. Right. So Larry says, it's still water. I don't care that it looks like wine. It's fundamentally water. It's that's Larry's position. Anybody want to want to take the bet? So drink it. No, that's my whole, <laughs> it's just water. Hmm? It's not like I, it. I it's drink, drink it. it if it's, it's just water. water. Okay. Yes. So they take a look, look at the sheet. Like wine. It's a 40-way so this is where we get into this um, in this in this into, into this debate. We're going to see Rav, Rav Yehuda, quoting Rav, and he's going to say it's three log of water. You have a complete three log of water, and then wine got added to it. That's the non-water component. You see that column? It looks like wine. Your is kosher. The Gemara then is going to bring Rabbi Yossi, who says, if you have three log of water, and then there's a non-water component that's added, it's just coloring. The, um, and now it looks like colored water, not like wine, but colored water, puzzle. That's no good, because that's just water. So far, we're fine. But then you get Rabbi Chia. Rabbi Chia says, three log of water, along with wine in it, looks like wine. In other words, the same case as Rav, puzzle. And what we're going to need to understand is what's this debate about between Rav and Rabbi Chia? They seem to be saying opposite things. Clear? Good? Okay. So let's see the Gemara. Viam Rav Yehudam Rav, four lines up from the bottom. Shloshes Lugin Maim Shnafalasokan Kortov Shalyain. If you have three log of water and a quartove, a kortove is a minimal fraction. It's a, a tiny amount of liquid. Um, it falls into the wine, into the water. Umare hen kamarayan. And now it looks like wine as a result. Vinaflu Lamikvah and they fall into a mikvah, Lopasluha, they do not disqualify Lopasluhu, they do not t- disqualify the mikvah. Right, that's Rav's statement. Mikvah kosher. Why? Because this is wine, as far as we're concerned. Maskev Here comes Rav Kahana. What's the difference between the wine, the water that looks like wine, and water that just has dye in it? Disnan, Because I have a mission that says Rabbi Yosi Omer he says I have uh, Rabbi Yosi saying it's no good. Amar le Rava. Rava answers. It's just like we said before. Hasam mikri. Water with dye in it is just dyed water. Hacha chamra miziga mikri. With the wine though we call it diluted wine. We don't look at it as water that looks like wine, we look at it as diluted wine. That's all easy and straightforward. Then Rabbi Chia comes into play. Vatani Rabbi as hamekva. But didn't Rabbi Chia say that in a case that Rob just gave us in the case of three log of water with a little bit of wine in it, it disqualifies the mikvah. Amarav HaLokasha. So the Rebbe says this isn't the problem. Why? It's actually a machlokest hanoim. And Rav has a basis for what he's saying. Ha Ben Nuri, Rabbanon, Rav's view is the view of Rav Yochanan Ben Nuri. Rabbi Chia's view is the view of the Rabbanan. So each one has a voice in this locus Where did the discussion between Rabbi, Rabbi Yochanan ben and the Tanakhama, the Rabbanon, happen? Disnan, it's a Mishnah in Mikvaus. Shloshas lugen mayim, chaser kortov. Now, here's where things get tricky. We're no longer in the easy case of three log of water that just had something else fall into it. Now we're talking about a case in which the entire content is not water. You had three log minus a bit. Just a minimal amount, but minus a bit. That's our starting point. And then wine fell into your 2.98 log. And now you have three log, but it isn't all water. Part of it is wine. And it looks like wine. Vinaflulamikvah, and it falls into the mikvah. Lopus luhu. So if Yochanan and Benuri says that's not disqualifying the mikvah, right? Which you understand. Diluted wine. What? Just diluted wine. Yeah, now it's for sure just diluted wine because it isn't even three log of water. Before you had three log of water that then had wine added. But this was never three log of water. Why should it be a concern? kortov, And so too, if you had three log of water, that was missing a little bit. And a little bit of milk fell into it. And now it looks like water. And it falls into the mikvah. Again, that is not going to disqualify the, uh, the mikveh. The mikveh is still going to be kosher. Why? Because you don't have three log of water. That's Rabbi Yochanan ben That's sorry. That's the Tanakhama's. Not Rabbi Yochanan ben. That's the Tanakhama's position. Tanakhama says less than three log is water. Your mikvah's is fine. Whether it looks like wine or whether it looks like water, doesn't matter. It's not three log of water. That's easy, right? That's straightforward. It's almost like why would anybody argue with with the Tanakhama? Why is Rebbe, what is Rabbi Yochanan ben problem? Rabbi Yochanan ben Omer Hakol Holech Achar Hamar Rabbi Yochanan says, no, no, no. Everything goes based on what it looks like. Which means, as I put on the chart, bottom two lines, if it's less than three log of water, you added wine. It looks like wine, your are kosher. But if it's less than three log of water, and then you added milk, and therefore it looks like water, because the milk doesn't really dilute the water appearance, the result is going to be your mikvah's pasal. I care about appearances, says Rabbi Yochanan are, are we clear? We got the cases. Less than three log of wine. Less than three log of water. Looks like, but it looks like water and not wine. Hypothetically, yeah, like you have like white wine and you. You need a puzzle. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's correct. It's all about what it looks like. And so the implication of the kind of comment is that if it was three log, then it would be puzzle, correct? Because the mission specifically says. So that's where we're going. Okay. That that's yeah. that's where we're going with our with our question here. The um, the. So the, That's my okay. right, the, um, worth noting, um, take a look for a second at Rashi. He actually makes a note on this that goes with what Ira was saying. Where is it? Hang on. Yeah. In the Rashi, Lopasluhu. Okay. It's the, uh, the last of the wide lines in Rashi at the top. When the Tanakama said that in the milk case, right, Lopasluhu, didn't disqualify it. Taima de Sefa Nami Mishum to Chaser Kortovavi. He says the reason for saying in the Sefa that it's not possible is because it wasn't three log of water. Vagaba have Nami Havamatsilamisniki Haigavna Buresha. You really could have said the same thing regarding wine. Vinzninhu Bakada Baba and taught the whole thing together, Haki, like this. Shlosha Lugin Mayam Chaser Kortov, if you have three log of water minus a bit. Shinapalosokan Kortov Yayin Okalav right you could have said and wine or milk fell into it fell into it whether it looks like water whether it looks like wine it doesn't disqualify it he says it's just we gave what is practical reality which is wine will make water look like wine milk does not have that impact but you could have said it a lot cleaner if you um, if you had uh, had wanted to do so, so but Yohan is l'kula and ben, right? hola, yes, correct, correct. So the um, so the key for us and what matters here in this whole in this whole discussion is the following. Well, how is it that we're saying that you can match up Robin and Rabbi Chia with the Tanakama and Rabbi and Benuri? Where's your Where's your link? So the link is because. The statements made by the Tanakhama and Rabbi Yochanan ben Benuri are specifically where it's three log minus a Kortov. So the implication is that the Tanakhama, who made his statement here, only did it because it was minus a Kortov. Had it actually been a three log of water, then even though it looked like wine, it would disqualify the Mikvah. That's the assumption that we're that we're making. It, to make sure that this is that this is clear, because without it, none of this mi- is going to make any sense. The um, Rashi says it. Hang on. You're saying the pe- appearance would not matter. It's three loaves, period. Yeah. It's water, it doesn't matter. Correct. It's only the, minus the kartov that you said. Yeah, it's about. the top Rashi, the top line on the page in Rashi, lo pasluhu, talking about the water and wine. Mishum dechasru kartov, because it's missing a kartov. That's why it doesn't disqualify it. But it had it been three log initially, three full log, then then some wine fell into it. It looked like wine. It would have disqualified the mikvah. So that sounds like Rabbi Chia, right? That sounds like Rabbi Chia. If you go back to the chart, you can see it explicitly. Rabbi Chia said three lobe looks like wine is still going to be puzzle. So that's what you're telling me that Tanakama believes. Three lobe looks like wine is going to be puzzle. Whereas Rabbi Yochanan Menuri said, no, I only care about the appearance. So that's the, that's that's our answer, that's Rava's answer for this, um, this question by, um, by for this question that we asked about Rav that Rav Kahana asked about Rav Versus um, Rabbi Chia, clear? We're good. Everyone with me on the same page? Okay. So the Gemara says, wait, we're not done here. You know, Rava is taking it as a given that that's the way to read this that this is the way that you can actually read this Mishnah. To say that, Rabbi Chia only made the statement where there was um, lacking a Kartov, but in the event that it was three log full, then, uh, I'm sorry, the Tanakam only made the statement because it was lacking a Kartov, but if it was a full three log, then they would have disqualified the mikvah, right? So he says, Rabbi mm-hmm. Rapapa, Papa wasn't so sure about that. Rabbi of Papa asked a question, Rav Tani Khasar Kurtov Beresha. One way you could read this, says Rav Papa, is that Rav said that in this case, we're starting off with it being missing a Kortov, right? Meaning the Tanakhama. It's missing a a Kortov. But in the event that there were three log. In fact, the Tanakhama would disqualify the mikvah, what we just said, right? The, the way that we just read it is the way that we're first presenting it. Rav says, are you trying to tell me that when Rav learned this Mishnah in Mikvaos, he said that the Tanakhama believes that if it's three full log, it's disqualified. And Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri came along and said, no, I only care about appearances, and I don't care if it's three log full or if it's three log minus a Kartov. If it looks like wine, it's wine. That's all there is to it. That's one way to read it. And therefore, Rav is like Rabbi Yochanan ben which is what we wanted to say. Odilma, oh, Dilma, but maybe not. Maybe Rav lo tani kortov bereisha. Maybe Rav did not think that, that the Tanakama only said it because it's missing a kortov. Rabbi Yochanan ben ki palig And in fact, Rabbi Yochanan ben would have this machlokes, even where there are three log, and Rav is actually like everybody so Rav Papa didn't know how to read this Mishnah so the Gemara says yeah. yep that happens you're right Rav Papa didn't know Rava did that's, I'm, I'm giving you the way that Rava taught it this is the way that Rava taught this um, this Mishnah in Mikvos that's the way it works so Amr Rabbi Yosef. Then you get this line, which is such a tragic line. Rabbi Yosef says, "Lo He says, "I never knew that." Says Rabbi Yosef. Amr Abaye at Amrit la the Amrit Nihalon. Baye Talmud of Rabbi Yosef says to him, "No, no, no. You you taught it to us, and you taught it this way." De Ravlo tani that Rav did not have minus a quarto in the uh, in the and Saferpolig and in fact then was disagreeing in the Safa and kedivri call the opposite way of Rava is what Abaye says Rav Yosef taught him not Rava's way of reading it and the reason why this is so tragic is cuz you know the story of Rav Yosef the uh, the part that everybody is is aware of is that Rabbi Yosef fell ill with some form of dementia, and the Gemara has more than a dozen cases in which Abaye his Talmud reminds him of something where Rabbi Yosef says, you know I never heard that, and Abaye says actually Rabbi you you taught it to us the um, and and restores it in the end they daven for him and he actually is healed which is you know happy ending people generally don't get. But, the, um, but this had to have been particularly painful for Rabbi Yosef when you learned the Gemara at the end of Brachos, which I brought you on the sheet. Take a look at stories above. Rabbi Yosef Sinai, V'Rabba Oker Harim. Rabbi Yosef was known as Sinai. And, uh, and Rava was Oker Harim, the uprooter of mountains. This is the classic debate between B'Kius and B'Iyun. Is it better for a person to just learn large swaths of content, even if he doesn't have that fine legal analysis to differentiate between points and so on? Is it better to be a Sinai? Or is it better to be the Oker The guy who's really sharp and you present a shear and then he blows it apart. And he says, you can't compare those two cases. They're entirely different. And he gives you a, a fine analysis. And Rabbi Yosef is the representative of Bikius. He's the one who's memorized everything. And Rabba is the representative of Ian. It's always fascinating because the two of them shared a Talmud. Right? Who's the Talmud of Abaye and Rabbi Yosef? Uh oh. Okay. Abaye. <laughs> Abaye is the Talmud of, of, of Rabba and Rabbi Yosef. Oh, you said oh yeah. and Rabiosef? No. Who's the Talmud of Abaye? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Abaye is the Talmud of Rabba and, uh, and Rabbi Yosef. He learns, he learns from both of them. But the um, but therefore the Gemara Bracha says They needed them. They needed to pick one of them to become the Rosh Hashiva. And so They sent a letter asking Sinai va yeah. who, who do you pick first? Sinai And the answer was Sinai comes first. The bakius one comes first. Because <laughs> everybody needs the man with the wheat meaning the one who has the content that knowledge is necessary and then after that we can have our our legal analyses and uh and everything else but first first comes being a uh a senile. there's a debate about whether that's still true in the modern age number one did that change with the gutenberg printing press because then you had books and people didn't need to hold everything in their heads and now you have search engines the, um, so is it really as important that you have everything memorized? Is it more important that you actually know how to understand something and uh, and analyze it? Maybe that's actually a more useful skill at this point. But I don't think c is gone because the um, you, you still need to know that there's something to look for. The person with the search engine is still limited. The uh, He still needs to know where to look and what it is that he's looking for. He has to know that it's out there. It may be that the gap between the importance of the Sinai and Oker Harem has changed, but fundamentally, I'd still prioritize the Sinai over the uh, over the Oker Harim. The question comes up in in, in contexts, but that's um, yeah. So that's the, but that's the tragic ending here. Abaye says you actually taught it to us, and you taught us approach number two, which not coincidentally is different from what Rava said. Because asking Abaye and Rava to be on the same page is asking a lot. So um, so yeah, clear. We got that. Okay, let's get number three. Case number three of Rav Yehuda and and um, and how Rav. How, how are we posking here? Sorry. How are we posking here? With, uh, so, I mean, going by the Ain Mishpat letter, the um, on the Chalav, he says it's not disqualified the Gimel Chaser Kar okay. right? The um, and so definitely in the wine case, it's not going to be uh, mm-hmm. it's not going to be The question is, what about the gimel solid gimel? So he doesn't go by the Solid gimel with wine Lopas luhu is where we get the An mishpat letter. So even where it's three log, solid of water, if it looks like wine, it's not going to disqualify the mikvah. The court of right. Peace. According to the second opinion, the mm-hmm. is only lechumrah. It's only lechumrah for chalav. In the second version. In the second version, right? Yeah. only lechumrah. Correct. For chalav, added to less than three. Correct. 'Cause Mara. Right. So in the court of case we don't care about appearance. It's less than three in the story. Yeah. We don't care about appearance. Correct. That's why you said the Chalav was, was Yeah, correct. Correct. Yehuda Marav, let's see if we can get to the Mishnah. The um, we started a couple of minutes late, to be fair. We're at minute thirty eight here. The um Vamra Vyudamara Mayam Shinafla hagadol. What if we know that the Am the Mediterranean, qualifies as a mikvah. That we, that, that we understand. What if, though, you take a barrel filled with water, and the water in the barrel is, of course, disqualified for, for mikvah, and it pours out into the Mediterranean, and then somebody jumps in and wants to count that as his mikvah water? al Shem, lo, also, lo, tevilah. The tevila did not work. For him, if you take a look at Rashi at the bottom of the thin lines in Rashi, Lo also shema kol mayim b'chavis dim yachad because maybe all the water that was in the barrel is sitting in that spot. mayim So So he's there in the water. Well, he jumped in right away. echad And this this is one of the things that will disqualify truma. So this is a very big deal. The Chayshin uh, and Leshlo Shalugin back in the Gemara you echad. The um, we're worried about having three log in uh, in one place. The um, but this is only the Mediterranean because the Mediterranean he says is static and therefore the water just stays. But we wouldn't say the same thing regarding a river. A river is flowing and the water is constantly going. Tanyan Amihachi, and have a bryse to support it. Chavis Malayam M'yayin Sh'nafal L'yam you have a barrel filled with water, and it goes into the Mediterranean. HaTov Al-Sham L'O'asalo Tevila, the mikvah doesn't work. Chayshin L'shlo Lugin Sh'uv, Makom Echad, we're worried about three log being in one place. V'chein Kikar Shel Truma Sh'nafal Sh'am Tame. and not only that, but in the event that Truma actually falls into that spot, Meaning Rashi says, after someone who is Tame went to mikvah there, so that Truma is now going to be Tame because the three log became Tame from the person who dipped there. I said before that all three cases had Rev Kahana coming along to challenge, but this case actually does not have Rev Kahana, I think it's just a tangent because of uh because of Mikvaus. The, um I think that's why it's um, that's why it's here is just um is just because of the mikva. It's Rav Yehuda quoting Rav, and it's mikvah. So we so we're worried that the three log are there, and it's going to disqualify the truma. So the Gemara says, mm-hmm. What did you add by saying "and likewise"? Right? What was your What was your point? What would you have thought otherwise? So the answer is, mm-hmm. the answer is I might have said the only reason we disqualified that mikvah for him is because he had a chazakeh. He was tameh. That's why he's going to mikvah, right? So therefore, we're not going to let this questionable mikvah remove him from his status of tumah. You need something stronger to get him out of his tumah. The truma, on the other hand, was tahar to begin with. So I'm not going to assume now that this Mediterranean is not... Kusher for him as a uh, is not Kusher for the truma, so to speak, and is going to disqualify it. That's what I might have thought. Kamash Malan, so therefore needed to teach me that it's uh, that it's not so. We don't rely on the um, on the on the chazaka. That's the that's the idea. Why yeah. are we concerned at all that um, he's told uh, told the in the part of the, the ocean, whatever the Mediterranean, that is mamish. That very spot. Why are we concerned? Why don't we just say, hey, there's forty saw in the ocean. It's a mix what? You poured the water in. It cares. Because his point something. is, we don't look at the bigger body. We look at the spot you told in, as though you really didn't dip in the bigger body. You dipped in this unit. So this little space so yes you would have this issue potentially you could have a problem it's a lot smaller than the ocean right so I don't think it's a problem because we do hashaka there why doesn't this work as hashaka would be the question why Why isn't this a case of hashaka you know, let me think that through a little bit the um, the question he's asking is why don't I why why don't I view this in the same way I view the bore of tap water that's joined with the mikveh? We know you're dipping in tap water and clearly Hashaka makes it work. Why doesn't Hashaka work here? Yeah, I have to think that through. And is, I'll have to come back with it for, for next time, God willing. Is, is any of this Shkair. is any of this the basis for if you drop